0: Welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host Rich Dotson here with my fellow nerds, Matt O'Hara. Hey, hey. And Garrett Price. How's it going? here we are today another fine day to talk dynasty fantasy football and we're picking up right where we left off with our 2020 dynasty rookie rankings we already covered players 1 through 12 if you missed those episodes make sure you go back and tune in to those exciting players because we covered pretty much the first round of the rookie draft and we're going to pick up today at player 13 and today i think we're going to find out just how deep this class really is and where the value is here in the second round and there's great value in the second round and you'll even find out in the third round there's some really good value because you'll probably be when this is all said and done going wow i can't believe this player is not in their top 24 so today we're going to cover the top six here in a free episode in the nerd Herd episode we're going to cover the next top six and then of course we'll be back next week picking up right where we left off So today, before we get into those top six rookies, rookies number 6, 13 through 19, let's get a word in from our sponsor. And, of course, it's DynastyOwner.com. DynastyOwner.com, the chance to let you be smarter than an NFL GM. The chance for you to be that fantasy football guru in NFL GM. This is your chance to do both. Dynasty Owner is the only padded fantasy sports game using actual NFL salaries and contracts. You manage your team from all levels: owner, the general manager, to coach. Dynasty Owners for the smart elite fantasy football player. There is no off season in dy- with Dynasty Owner, just like in all Dynasty Fantasy Football formats. The rookie draft matters, free agency matters, and every contract matters come do a startup draft in 2020 using actual nfl players contracts and salaries then improve your team each year with a three-round rookie draft and by trading players and draft picks win weekly prizes seasonal prizes and compete in the chase for the ring the mobile app is up right now on your app store go ahead and check it out download it the dynasty owner Mock. Uh, app where you actually do some mock drafts before you do an actual draft for your league which is a great way to get ready for any league so check them out dynastyowner.com mock draft for free start a league today it's a great new format to play dynasty fantasy football So, guys, last week we covered 12 uh, of our guys in our top 12 rankings, and, of course, how we got there was we took my top overall rookie rankings, Matt's top overall rookie rankings, and Garrett's overall rookie rankings, and we combined the three for an average, and this is where we're at. Even though I'm sure the average has changed because I've updated my rookie rankings twice over the past week. I don't know about you guys, but like all rankings, you update them one day, you wake up the next, you're like, I think I need to readjust. It's kind of like your midsection,
1: you know what I mean? (laughs) <laughs> right <laughs> just like that <laughs> i've done uh i've done some some deep thought i haven't adjusted yet I'm, I'm i'm gonna get there i think uh here in the next week or so i i adjusted a couple times
2: early on i I've, I've left them alone for a little bit i i think i'm pretty happy with where they're at. i'll tinker here and there but i think as far as like the big moving and shaking i'm good until we get like some real nfl news
0: Okay, and I think we're going to talk about some of that today where we stand on these players. So let's just get right into it with our number 13th overall player, and that is Denzel Mims for the New York Jets. Taking the second round, uh, pick 27th, number 58th player overall. And I'm sure a lot of you guys, when you saw that Denzel Mims went to the Jets, you rolled your eyes. Well, I hope you just didn't roll your eyes as much as Adam Gase's introductory Uh, press conference and get all googly moogly on me because at first we were really upset about Denzel Mims or not even Denzel Mims any receiver that went to the Jets was kind of like a downtick you know ever since Peyton Manning broke up with Adam Gase he's been all alone his offense has plummeted his players has plummeted and then all of a sudden when Adam Gase Leaves town, people flourish. Ryan Tannehill gets an extension. Devonte Parker gets an extension. Kenyon Drake gets gets tendered, and gets David Johnson shipped out of town. Everybody looks great. Now here enters Denzel Mims, and what do we do with the six foot three, two hundred seven pound wide receiver that ran a four three eight with a six point six six three cone drill and a hundred thirty one inch broad jump? Those fantastic scores. Well, I don't know about you guys. But I love Denzel Mims here at 13. And I think this is a really good spot for him overall. I have him ahead of T. Higgins, you know, just like our overall ranks. I mean, he averages out here for all three of us. But I actually like this spot a lot for Denzel Mims in hindsight. Kind of like where he produced really well at Baylor. Kind of gives me that Devontae Adams feel going to Green Bay. Who, you know, when he left Fresno State with Derek Carr, he led college football on touchdowns. And now he comes into a situation where he is pretty much gonna be the man uh right out the gates because brashad perriman is not a threat there in in new york at all with his one-year contract and denzel mims is somebody who can absolutely put the ball in the end zone he's the only player in fbs to score at least eight touchdowns in each of the last three seasons and the jets let's face it have 183 vacated targets and you can see at least what half of those go into denzel mims right out the gates because you start on the outside they selected him the grow with sam darnold I mean, we got to remember sam darnold's only 22 years old he turns 23 this june so they're bringing brashad perriman to open things up with mims and he's on a one-year deal while jameson crowder's contract has an out after next year where they can save 10.5 million this is all just lined up for denzel mims to be the guy there in new york and whenever you're the number one receiver on a team that's automatically they're just going to translate to fantasy football points And Denzel Mims might be somebody who, right out the gates, produces the most, definitely from a fantasy football level. So for me, Denzel Mims getting a guy like this at pick 13, 2-1 essentially in your draft, is just really good value for somebody. In other drafts, we'd be talking about pick number six, pick number seven overall. I really like Denzel Mims at number 13, guys. What do you think?
1: Yeah, man. I love it too, obviously. He's the only person on their team right now that that really profiles as the number one wide receiver. I mean, you mentioned that um, Jamison Crowder has an out after this year, but I, I don't even think it would it would take him being gone. In order for Denzel Mims to to take over that position as the number one guy, Jamison Crowder is best suited as a complementary type of guy. He's a guy that can catch a lot of passes and be fantasy relevant, but for an NFL team, Denzel Mims is a much better fit as the go to outside you know wide receiver. So the wide receiver one on a team. So so Denzel Mims is is definitely in a, in a good spot as far as his long-term opportunity. I do have question marks about how, how, you know, Adam Gase is going to use him just because it seems like Adam Gase, it's so easy to get in that guy's doghouse house that, uh, you know, it could go either way with Denzel Mims because he's got tons of talent. He's, the, he's one of the most athletic and just like, the smoothest athletes I've seen in a long time come out of the draft. So, you know, he's got an immense upside, especially, you know, like you said with the, the amount of touchdowns that he scores, he's six foot three, 207 pounds, runs a four, three, eight. His three cone was amazing. Six point six, six at that size is just unheard of at any size. That's almost unheard of. So for a guy that's almost six foot three to be doing that is is crazy. So he's got a ton of upside. The landing spot is the only reason he's this far down for, I think probably any of us, um and just the fact that there's so much talent in this draft so so denzel mims there's there's a lot of factors that that pushed him down to 13 but none of it's talent related it's you know it's the other it's the other talent it's a large talent pool and the fact that he went to the jets and there's just a little bit of unknown with the adam Gase situation i mean if you told me hey adam Gase will definitely be gone in a year i i I would probably bump him up a couple spots but it's There's just enough of unknown for me that I'm I'm a little bit leery, I guess, of of putting him higher in my ranks.
2: With Denzel Mims, I am thrilled uh, about the situation that he is in. You you guys mentioned uh, Crowder who who is there, but he's really more of a slot guy. That's where he's gonna profile for the most point. And then you have Perriman who he's had opportunities at different places. They thought that he could be something in Baltimore that never really materialized. You know, they they hoped that uh, you know, bounce back in Cleveland, which it did towards the end of the season there. He looked decent at times in, in Tampa Bay last year. And so he's good enough as that deep threat Robbie Anderson role that they're gonna fill to to be able to take coverage and to be able to, um, you know, you're, you're going to have to keep eyes on him downfield. So you have Crowder, you have him, neither one, Are bad players, but neither one are good enough to be that like alpha receiver where they're commanding, you know, these, you know, 140 targets and they're, you know, the coverage is shifting to that, all this stuff. Like Mims really could, if he develops the way that his body should allow him to. I mean, Rich, you read off all of the combine stuff. The tape all tells us that he could really turn into that alpha male receiver. And then he gets paired with Darnold, who, you know, really at the end of last year, we were starting to see what was possible in his game, and so even with Gase there, I know he always tends to mess things up, and it wouldn't surprise me if he still messes this up somehow, but I really think that even as early as the end of the season, I think it'll take some time for him to get accustomed to everything, but I think as early as the end of the season, we could see a, a new wide receiver one in new york and a guy that could eventually in the nearest future get to that like
0: high-end wide receiver two for fantasy football yeah and you said Gase has a chance to mess this up but we can look at this both ways guys where if Gase does mess this up he's gone problem solved new coach coming in probably offensive minded coach here and again to help sam darnold denzel mims and if gase is still around that means he did something right where the team did go in the right direction and which means denzel mims is going in the right direction because again he's probably their best weapon offensively that they have on that team and like i said he, he has the most clear path Two targets right out the gates to be that number one guy. With, even when with, you say you have Henry Ruggs and you got Brian Edwards, but those are two guys that we don't know who for sure is going to get the most targets. With Denzel Mims, I think it's safe to say, yeah, you got Jamison Crowder in the slot. He can get, he get peppered pretty easily there. But I think Denzel Mims is definitely the weapon for the foreseeable future. And after all, this is Dynasty Fantasy Football. And this is a guy that we had almost consensusly is like right around our number fourth overall wide receiver going into this draft. So we all were a big fan of Denzel Mims. I like the comp of giving that Josh Gordon comp out there. So this is a guy who has the potential with the right maturity of Sam Darnold to be one of the top receivers in this class and overall one of the top players in this class that you can get in the second round he's a really good bargain i've got i've been able to get a couple share of denzel mims but right where he's going i've just been missing out on him with the selection of michael Pittman jr and he he's really close with Pittman for me and i really like his game I, I know the land spot was not ideal, but again, this is dynasty. This is long term. Not every player line, line, lands in the most ideal situation. And who knows what's to come with that team here in 2020 and beyond. So let's go with the tape, let's go with the upside. I'm a fan of Denzel Mims. He's our 13th player here on the board. Let's go on to number 14, and that's going to be T. Higgins, who was taken in the second round, the first player in the second round, the 33rd overall pick to the Cincinnati Bengals. And again, this is a big play receiver where 36% of his receptions over the last two years went for at least 20 yards and 20% going for a, a touchdown. This is a guy who's going to get on the field early most likely with Zach Tyler running a ton of three to four wide receiver sets and he should be opposite of AJ Green and they should move Tyler Boyd back into the slot where he's played pretty predominantly anyways. The only thing that worries me about T Higgins guys I don't know how you feel is what if they re-sign AJ Green? AJ Green's mentioned that he does want to you know be a Bengal for life. What if this is a situation where aj green starts the season off strong and they do sign him to like a three year where it's just a really phony one year by you know one year at a time contract but they sign aj green to extension then you got aj green you got tyler boyd and then you also have t higgins that's gonna be something that really slows down his progress here what do you guys think overall of t higgins here with the Bengals?
1: i mean i personally love the spot um I see the AJ Green, you know him being there kind of as a bonus uh, for T Higgins, can and let him kind of mature into that role a little bit more uh, for a, for a year. I, let's face it, AJ Green hasn't been able to stay healthy for the past two years. What makes you think all of a sudden he's going to stay healthy and have this amazing season? I mean, is it? I think it was even more than two years. So you know, he's a thirty-one-year-old wide receiver who's going to be thirty-two before the season starts. Even if he somehow pulls it together and has an amazing season then it's just going to be AJ Green and Tyler Boyd I think I mean AJ Green and, and T Higgins he's T Higgins is more um he's a better player than Tyler Boyd is so there there's no doubt in my mind that he'll find his way to the starting starting lineup and with AJ Green nearing the end it's only a matter of time like you said with Denzel Mims it's a, it's just a matter of time before he's in the starting lineup he's the the wide receiver one he's the alpha male of that group and and then you know eventually it's gonna be t higgins and tyler boyd as, as the number one and number two options there in cincinnati with an amazing you know young very good college quarterback in joe burrow who's transitioning to the nfl as well so I, I really like T Higgins. I think I'm the highest on him. I, I I have him at 11. You guys have him slightly lower than that. So, I, if I'm if I have him in the first round, you know, back into my first round, obviously I have a lot of confidence that that he'll be able to produce as a wide receiver one in the NFL.
2: No, it's funny that you said that because literally I was looking through and that was the one like adjustment that I I, I looked to make. I was like, you know, I have him right now behind Rugs and Mims. I don't feel like I should, so I literally like as we were talking. I moved him above uh, Rugs and Mims because I do really, really like T. Higgins, and I do like this landing spot. I- I'm with you, Matt. If A.J. Green resigns. To me, that's not really much of a negative. If anything, it might be helpful. It'll give him another year to develop uh, where he doesn't have to focus on being the guy. And then really it'll be that kind of third year where he can really be that true number one wide receiver for this offense. I love it when a a wide receiver and a quarterback get taken the same year. They get a chance to develop and grow together. We've seen that happen often and it be uh, very uh, mutually beneficial for both, both of those athletes. And I really like his game overall. He's not nearly as sexy as Denzel Mims um, or or Henry Ruggs. Like you know, you throw on his highlight tape, and it's not going to be nearly as fun as the other two. But he's got really, really good ball skills. Uh, He's he's pretty physical. He could he could use a little more weight, but he's 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 fairly physical and uh, he, he got the most out of his athleticism compared to other guys where I feel like sometimes they left some on the field. He got the most out of everything he had. So I'm I'm definitely high on T. Higgins. I have quite a few Higgins and Pittman shares um, in this draft overall. So, uh, yeah, I'm definitely buying this, and long-term, I think it's going to be a, a really good relationship with him and Burrow.
0: Yeah, he's one player I don't have any shares of T. Higgins so far. I just have not had an opportunity to get him – With the players that are around him, and it it is—it's a good landing spot overall with the long term. Like like Matt said, no need to worry about AJ Green long term. But it is just somewhat in the back of my head, just a a mild concern that they did resign him, just because what if they did just stunt his target share mildly, and then it's three years you have to wait instead of you know next year? Because you do—you gotta love the landing spot with Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is one of the best college quarterbacks we've seen come out in a long time with his you know overall stats out of out of his last year of LSU. So. Good player, good situation with the quarterback. Like you said, go up there and get the ball as good with anybody as an 80-inch wingspan. For me, T when I look at T. Higgins, like I said, I've moved Michael Pittman ahead of him slightly. I would probably still take Denzel Mims ahead of T. Higgins uh right now. Well, not probably, I would. And I've actually moved another receiver right there, right with T. Higgins, neck and neck. And we'll talk about him when we get up to him. But overall, T. Higgins is just one of those players you get. You guys see T. Higgins though as being a wide receiver one in fantasy football. I mean, that's my that's my number one question mark when I look at like when I look at Denzel Mims. Like I could see wide receiver one production from Denzel Mims. I can it, 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 I see it. He has that kind of potential. Where I see T. Higgins is like the kind of guy where he's like kind of like that Kenny Galladay, right? Like right right around like a wide receiver. I, if he if he pans out like wide receiver, this is not bad by any means wide receiver 14 16 somewhere right around there that could produce and maybe he has a really good touchdown year can get a little bit higher Do you guys envision t higgins as being that true wide receiver one alpha that could be a you know a top 12 fantasy wide receiver
1: i i'm with you there i think i think he's probably capped off at a guy that's closer to the you know the the high-end wide receiver two range but i'm okay with that at this point in the draft especially man you know what i mean like back into the first round and and top end of the second round you're getting a guy that in years past you mentioned it with with mims you'd be you'd be you'd be happy to get that guy at eight you know what i mean so you're getting them probably five or six picks later than you you normally would be And, and I'm totally. I'm totally fine with with getting a guy that's going to be a high end, you know, wide receiver two producer. With like you said, on a year where, a year where he's getting a lot of touchdowns, he's going to creep into that that bottom end of the wide receiver one, you know, uh, discussion. I mean, yeah, those I'm,
0: guys are. I mean, those are, those are championship caliber guys.
1: Right. I, I have no put, problem with what you said. You know,
2: I, I I'm not sure that he will ever be that like oh man he was you know wide receiver 5 this year like that was crazy i'm not sure that that will ever happen but there is something to be said uh about security as well and i think he's a much safer prospect than some of these other guys in the same range and so it's somewhat what you're going for like all right am i going to shoot for that you know uh that home run pick or do i want to make sure that i get a guy that will be a key contributor on my team for years and i think that's what t higgins will be i have no doubt that you know the, the ceiling might not be quite as high, but that floor is is also very, very high. You know, I, I can't see him being beyond, you know, two, three years from now being be below a wide receiver three. Like, I think that's the floor, which is really comforting.
0: Yeah, and just, sometimes right here, safety could be the the good pick here. It's a safe pick. You know you're going to get some good production out of him. It, it, even if he bombs out for the next couple of years, he's going to be targeted – There in Cincinnati. And if Tyler Boyd could produce there at a good wide receiver two level, why cannot T. Higgins? So good hit pick here at number 14, right at the beginning of the second round. Let's move on to player number 15, our overall rankings, and that's Brandon Ayuk of the San Francisco 49ers, the 25th pick in the draft. They actually traded up six spots to get him. And there was talk coming out of there in San Francisco. If they couldn't move back, they were comfortable taking him at potentially 13 overall. But There's a lot to like about Brendan Ayuk in his game, which is crazy to think here, guys, that a wide receiver taken in the first round to the San Francisco 49ers and Kyle Shanahan is going at 15 in a rookie draft. I mean, this is the first wide receiver that was ever drafted in the first round for an offense under Kyle Shanahan's watch. So that's something to be said right there, that they have somebody that they really like a lot. And He's going to take over for Emmanuel Sanders. And this is going to be a situation where it's George Kittle, Debo Samuel, and Brandon Ayuk. So how comfortable do we feel about Brandon Ayuk being a fantasy wide receiver? Because we got to say, George Kittle is the number one weapon at offense. I think we could all agree on that. Debo Samuel is somebody who I like a lot. And for me, it's still, I would much rather have debo samuel than brandon Ayuk, even though debo samuel was a second round pick uh, much is probably a little strong word there but i'd rather have debo samuel and so if brandon Ayuk's gonna come in here and you know kyle Shanahan loves to use a run game here what kind of option is he in this offense and i listen i know brandon Ayuk. Is electric with the ball in his hands, and the way he can stop on a cut on a dime. He's only five foot eleven, but we said before he's got a huge eighty-one inch wingspan, and he's kind of like somewhat of a Debo Samuel with the ball in his hands. He's, he's very good, and he's also a good returner. But do we see him as a third option there in? in san francisco is that even something that could produce at a high level i mean we're talking about emmanuel sanders when emmanuel sanders went there and i know emmanuel sanders is way older than Ayuk, but even in those seven weeks he was there he was only wide receiver 42 on those 44 targets he saw 30 receptions 367 yards and two touchdowns and then even the playoffs i mean he didn't do anything in the playoffs pretty much five receptions out of all three games out of eight targets zero touchdowns so I like Brandon Ayuk. I really like the situation. I think his tape's pretty solid. And for me, it all boils down to what's he going to give to me fantasy? football wise is he again is he a wide receiver two some years where then some years he's wide receiver three where oh he has that one magical year because Debo got banged up or something happened and he he did up, put up wide receiver one numbers because they're gonna sign George Kittle to an extension George Kittle's become the highest paid tight end in NFL history Debo Samuel's locked in here too like I said Kyle Shanahan loves the run game where's the upside in Brandon Ayuk I like the spot here at 15 I'm not against it there's one player I'd probably take ahead of him here but again i i like it but where is that where are we looking for the dynasty gold when it comes to fantasy production production matt
1: so yeah i mean obviously that's the biggest biggest question mark surrounding this guy he was the 25th pick in in the first round and he's going much later than a lot you know than he probably would in normal years and and that is because people are so uncertain as to what his role is going to be the way i see it you know Obviously last year in the middle of the season, they needed something in San Francisco. They went out and got Emmanuel Sanders. Emmanuel Sanders is a guy that wins close to the line of scrimmage. And, and and look you look at the quarterback, and the quarterback's a guy that is he's got a quick release. He likes to get the ball out of his hand fast. And what do they do? They went out last year. They drafted a guy, Debo Samuels, who's good with the ball after after the catch. And, and you know, he can catch he can catch real quick slant routes and, and get real physical, turn into a running back. This year they go back. In the first round, they get another guy that does very similar things. He's probably a less physical, more explosive version of Debo Samuels. And they get they get the quarterback another weapon, this quarterback that loves to get the ball out of his hand quickly. They get him another weapon that is good with the ball in his hand after the catch. So to me, it speaks to a plan that Kyle Shanahan has on some level and George Kittle to, you know, to the same degree is good. You know, he's good down the seams. He's good. They're not looking to throw the ball down the field. They're looking to get the ball out quick, a true West Coast style offense where they're just dumping them off real quick. Let the wide receivers and the tight ends do the, do the dirty work afterwards. And then they're going to mix in the running backs right now. They don't have one of these established running backs back there. You know, that's going to be some pass catching back. So it's not like you have to worry about that aspect of the game I know well you know, well
0: you don't have to worry about Jarek McKinnon I know yeah I know
1: I was, I was gonna say I know Rich is going to bring up Jarek McKinnon but <laughs> there's no evidence the guy hasn't even cut yet on it on his rehab knee so there's no evidence that he's the guy yet I mean so it, I don't think it's unfathomable to think hey Brandon IU could have some sort of early role um going into year one and not to not to say that hey he's going to be a wide receiver one or, or a wide receiver two but I think Brandon Ayuk in a Kyle Shanahan offense could dabble with low-end wide receiver three numbers, and that's not horrible for a guy that you're getting at this point in the draft. And I mean, he's a first-round draft pick. They, they got this guy. They like something that he does, and they're going to try to feature him in some way in the passing game. No doubt in my mind.
2: Brandon Ayuk is probably a player for me that is better for an NFL team than he is for my fantasy team. I also don't have any issue with him going around here. And, Rich, I think we have the same guy that we would we would rather have above him. Um, but, I mean, at this range, there is a teardrop. You're now looking at third and fourth round picks for the most part. So, you know, at some point, you, you do have to respect the draft capital and take him. And he's not a bad player in any way. But, one, there's a lot of risk there. Um, he really only had one season of production. He transferred from a JUCO, didn't do much his junior year. And then his senior year, he really kind of blew up. Uh, and. San Francisco ranked 31st in pass attempts last year. The only team that passed less was Tennessee on a per-game basis. So, I mean, they they had no problem not throwing the ball. And if anything, they did it even less in the playoffs and showed they just didn't really need to. So it's tough to trust the third option in a short-season to be a contributor. and I know we're looking long term more than just the season, but Debo's not going anywhere and Kittle's not going anywhere either. And I think they are fine handing the ball off um, you know at or over 50% of the time. and he's going to have weeks where he does some really good things and he'll be able to stretch the defense. But I just don't know how often that's going to help your team. And I don't know how often you're going to feel confident being able to start him. Will he have weeks where, you know, oh man, he just had 135 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, absolutely that'll happen. But will you have confidence being able to put him in your lineup anytime soon? And I lean toward no. So like I said, talent's there. I have no problem with this range. But here it kind of separates, you know, he's not in the same tier as those other receivers we just talked about.
0: No, I I agree with everything you kind of said there Garrett. And that's how that was, that's my kind of feeling towards Ayuk. Would I like to get a share hoping that he does, you know, out out my projections. Of course, but like Matt even said, like the upside's there. He's a the first-round pick that you would imagine Kyle Shanahan would scheme to, to into his offense. But there's a lot of mouths to feed there, and we, we've seen this offense how it runs before too. And how does that translate to fantasy football points? And that's what we're looking for here. What kind of players are going to produce at a high level or at least a consistent level for my fantasy football team? And Brandon Ayuk is somewhat of a question mark, which why he finds himself right here, right towards the, the top end uh, of the second round. But a guy who I would rather have is a guy next on our list here, and that's Brian Edwards yeah. for the Las Vegas Raiders. Picked in the third round, the 17th pick in the third round, third round 81st overall. This is the ex-receiver for the Raiders, who is the perfect complement to Henry Ruggs, like we've said before. He's got great size, great contested catchability, and who is unbelievably unbelievably productive at South Carolina you know it's six foot three 212 pounds if it wasn't for his foot injury then this guy would have been drafted much higher I know Mike Mayock came out and said they had a second round grade on Brian Edwards and for me this is the kind of player where he's a second receiver taken for this team and I could see a path where right you know I'm a big Ruggs fan where Brian Edwards could be the bigger fantasy production producer there for the las vegas raiders i mean this was a team where Derek carr had no weapons besides pretty much darren waller now they have josh jacobs darren waller henry ruggs and brian edwards and i really like this young core that they have here brian edwards has fantastic hands and not only that he's really good with the ball in his hands too i mean this is a guy who broke 15 tackles in 2019 and over 65 percent of his yards came after the catch i mean he was extremely productive there and he also anybody who loves breakout you know years This guy broke out as a 17-year-old freshman. He started 12 games, 12 games as a 17-year-old. Gets off the line well, uses his hands well, runs good routes, just a very good wide receiver overall. I mean, I still remember going back to that that catch versus Tennessee where he had an Odell Beckham-style catch, and I just come away amazed. Brian Edwards is a fantastic, fantastic prospect. And I told you guys before, like, I came away with this draft that had no Brian Edwards chair, and I was like, this is Bull crap! like i need some brian edwards share so i was like i'm gonna go through my leagues see who drafted them and try and go get go get myself a share and i was actually able to pull off a trade the other day i gave up uh i gave up my 2021 first and carry on johnson to the deandre swift owner for my 2021 second back he already owned my 2021 second brian edwards and sony michelle i feel really good about that oh, trade yeah. because Sony Michelle and Carrion Johnson are pretty much a swap for me with Sony Michelle, the much you know, higher upside, I would say, on the year. And then for me, if you're offering me just a move back into the second round to get a guy like Brian Edwards, I'll do that all day long. I'm really excited about this to actually finally get a share of this guy. Again, just like we said about Denzel Mims. This is somebody who could absolutely outproduce their draft capital for your fantasy football team. He's somebody that could catch. You know, he kind of know what Brian Edwards can kind of be. He could be Robert Woods, right? catching 90 footballs for 1200 yards and about seven touchdowns really good high-end wide receiver two numbers and produce at those levels where nobody like for some reason nobody nobody loves robert woods even though he produces all the time kind of like in that jarvis landry role where like nobody loves jarvis landry dynasty fans football but yet he produces top 16 numbers year in and year out so Brian Edwards, even with the name Brian Edwards, pretty bland, right? He just <laughs> become that kind of guy of in Dynasty where people are just like, "Oh, Brian Edwards, okay." But meanwhile, he's he's producing high end wide receiver two numbers year in and year out. He, I, I look for him to be, you know, Steady Eddie, Ste- Brian Steady Edwards. So I really like the player. I actually really like the landing spot as well. So this is a player that I had to have a share of in 2020, and I finally got one. So getting him at 16 in the middle of the second round, and I've actually seen him in some drafts go even later than this, is tremendous, tremendous value. He's he's closer to that that second tier, like the middle of the second tier, than where he goes here now. I would take him ahead of Brandon Ayuk every time, personally. Just me personally for my yeah, dynasty rookie teams. I really I really like him a lot. What say you, fellas?
1: Well, yeah, I, I mean, I think I, I think you hit on the biggest point as to why he's slipping, you know, in in so many drafts, or or that he's slipping in so many drafts. And I think it's, I think it's all due to the fact that he was a third round draft pick. You know what I mean? There, there's guys, there's guys that are still on the board right now that were much higher, that a higher draft capital, and a lot of these people don't you know, a lot of the people that are, you're drafting against aren't, aren't going to be, like, grinding the tape as much as we are, so they don't realize that Brian Edwards is a really high-end player, that he just happened to have, a, a, you know, a pre-combined injury, and he didn't get to, he didn't get to run for anybody, and he, and he still, there's probably a little bit of medical concern uh, in some GM's heads anyway, or, or the fact that he didn't get to run at the combine, and so he slipped a little bit. I mean, that, that that's the bottom line. He would have been a second-round draft pick, no doubt in my mind, had he... You know, was a, if he was able to perform throughout the whole pre-draft uh process. So, Brian Edwards is a great pick. You're getting him here. It, it's it does feel a little bit like stealing in my eyes. So I'm I'm super happy to get a guy like this in this position. I do think he's going to be like the number one wide receiver for for the Raiders. I know that they spent you know a much higher draft pick on Henry Ruggs, but Henry Ruggs just he doesn't. He doesn't um, profile as an outside wide receiver, you know, like a, a outside x receiver like a brian edwards does so it's definitely a really good pick at this point in the draft i love the guy Uh, i'm going to echo a lot of what you said so i'm not going to be i'm not going to repeat all of that you know he he didn't have a ton of production that's the one thing like you you mentioned that he had a a lot of production but he never like got over 850 yards or anything like that but he led the team It, it was it was a team issue not a brian edwards issue so
0: yeah i just meant by that man like he was just really consistent and it's like year in year out, he produced. It wasn't like oh, you know, four hundred yards. This, you know, like that. he produced year in year out, caught tons of footballs. But you mentioned, like you said, it's more of a team issue playing on South Carolina than anything
1: else, right? Yeah, so he, I just wanted, I wanted, to, I wanted to clarify that so that you know, if anybody went back and looked at his stats, they didn't think we were crazy. It's it's the team issue. It, it's not a Brian Edwards issue. Go watch the tape. The guy, the guy is a fantastic football player.
2: And, and he even ended up in his career as the all-time leading receiver at South Carolina. So, um, yeah, he definitely he definitely put up numbers. He just didn't have that one season. That you were like, oh my gosh, that season was crazy. Uh, it was it was a, a progressive, uh, progressive uh, buildup of statistics. So, I'm in the same boat uh, with you, Rich. Uh, how did how did he get behind Ayuk then in our rankings? That's that's what I'm not figuring out. But regardless, like he. He is such a good receiver, and he's not as flashy uh, as some of these other guys, uh, but he's going to do a lot of very workmanlike things. There's a chance that he gets a slow start. You know, we've we talked about it with all these receivers because of the situation uh, that we're in, but also the the injury. And Williams is still there, and I think Williams will still play quite a bit uh, in that role. And so Edwards will have to earn time, but Williams will be gone after this season, and he'll, that that spot will be wide open for him in a second season to really have that that breakout that I really do believe he'll get. I actually don't know that there is a receiver that I own more of than Brian Edwards. And it, it might it might have changed today. I actually just sold him in a league, which broke my heart to do, but the offer was just too good to pass up, uh, so I had to end up selling him. But, uh, yes, I'm a very big Brian Edwards fan. I think the the landing spot and the, the weapons that are around Derek Carr now are, are, like, quietly pretty good. So if you can kind of get a sneaky uh, edition of, of Carr – He's got a shot. I know his job's up in the air, but he has a real shot to earn it this year. So that might be a sneaky get in, in some of your leagues as well. But yes, give me all the Brian Edwards.
0: Matt, would you take Ayuka ahead of Edwards?
1: Um, I do have him above him, so yes, I would.
0: Okay, so that's where that's where
2: that's got, that's uh, where
1: that happened. Down. Yeah, 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 he definitely got. Uh, it's Ayuk all your fault, him. Matt. I had Ayuka at fourteen. <laughs> I mean, it's not like. <laughs> crazy high or anything like that <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, all good prospects here again yeah, i mean we're, we're in the, we're entering the middle of the second round here and i'm very happy with the guys that are on the board here but before we move on let's hear a word from our sponsor and that is manscape that's right the lawnmower 3.0 people all these quarantine bans and house arrest are coming to an end People are going to be free again, free to go to the beaches, free to go outside. And this is your opportunity to go out there and mingle. You don't want to go out there looking like some Sasquatch, all right? You don't want me to go on the beach and look like you have Quest Love in, in between your legs and a headlock, right? You know, it has got them locked down here. You want to be able to go out there and look good and feel good. And the Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 does that. That's right. let lets you bonsai that bush, people. That's why Manscaped has the best trimmer in the business it's a new redesigned electric trimmer that manscaped engineered spent 18 months perfecting the greatest hair trimmer ever created this third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce manscaping accidents millions of balls are about to be nick free thanks to manscapes advanced skin safe technology it's waterproof it's got a led light in case lights go out and you still gotta look good manscaped.com the lawnmower 3.0 it's a tool that I use. I think the fellows use it as well. Mm-hmm. And it quietly, my wife has been very, very thankful for this. I mean, Matt, you said it before. I mean, what's the point of having this beautiful tree and just surrounded by weeds, right? What's the, what's the point of that?
1: Get rid you know? of those weeds, let, man. Let it
0: breathe. Let it breathe. <laughs> let man. it
1: breathe, people. Veto season's on its way, man, you know? You got it. This is the summertime, Matt.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, you got to be able to breathe out there, yep. right? So don't be churning that butter, people manscape.com and right now there's a good opportunity for you as a nerd herd member and a dynasty nerds listener to get 20% off and free shipping with the code nerdsmanscape.com. This is a chance to get 20% off free shipping with the code nerds on manscape.com. 20% off. Make sure you get there today manscape.com. Bonsai that bush. Take care of yourself. You'll be thankful. Partner will be thankful. And then your wallets can be thankful, too, because you're going to get 20% off using that promo code NERDS. I love it. The boys love it. You'll love it, too. Let's move on, guys, to our next prospect here at number 17 overall. Selected in the second round, 25th player in the second round, 57th overall, and it's Van Jefferson from the Rams. And we've talked about Van Jefferson, I think, a lot so far since NFL Draft has come and gone and why we like him and everything you know that comes with van jefferson and brandon cook leaves he leaves he leaves and he takes 72 targets with with him and it kind of dampers that josh reynolds you know small spike in and i guess his overall adp and i still like josh reynolds but to me van jefferson is just too good of a prospect here i mean he lands in a great spot who has like met you give him a good comp of cooper cup I think just a couple of weeks ago, and I do like that comp a lot, and Cup is 27 years old, and his contract is up after this year. And I simply don't see the Rams paying him what he deserves and what he can get on the open market because this is a cash-strapped team. And there we got Robert Woods on, on, on the lockdown here for the next couple of years. in Van Jefferson, who's one of the best route runners in this class, probably right behind Jerry Judy, going to a Sean McVay offense who produces year-in, and year out, Sean McVay's offense is a piece that you want in dynasty fantasy football, just like Kyle Shanahan's and Sean Payton's. All three years as a head coach, he's produced top, one of the top NFL offenses, finishing the top third in yards and points. So, for me, this is a great landing spot. You, yeah, you might be a little patient with Van Jefferson, but he might give you a little bit of something in year one. But starting in twenty twenty one, if Cooper Cup leaves, which I predict expect him to do he could slide right into that cooper cup role and give you those kind of numbers which were what matt wide receiver two numbers
1: uh i don't remember exactly where where he landed but i mean he had 94 receptions 60 or 1100 yards and 10 touchdowns so yeah Cooper. Say, i from, think
2: he was a wide receiver one this past year
1: yeah i think he was in the wide receiver one conversation for sure so yeah wide receiver four is where cooper ended up uh, you know, if you look at the whole week one through week seventeen, so even if he even if he ends up resigning, Rich, uh, you know, I'm not sure it's a, such a slam dunk that Cooper Cup's gone. But you know, the offense there has been able to at least support three wide receivers in the past. I know they've been using the tight ends a little bit more. So we'll have to see how this this kind of you know uh, works itself out here in the next couple of years. But I love Van Jefferson as, as like you said, the one of the best route runners in this class, and and in a Sean McVay offense, and to have this guy, you know, who he's a son of a former uh, player as well. His dad is a coach, I believe, with the Jets right now, a wide receiver coach. So he's he's had a lot of good NFL style coaching just just from his dad growing up. Uh, So a lot a lot of upside with Van Jefferson. Loved his tape. He he wasn't one of these guys that. All, wasn't ultra productive as well. He, he started off at old miss and then transferred to Florida and he's a, he's an older guy cause he went to college for five years. So he's 23 already. But with that, I think you're going to get a little bit of extra maturity um, that combined with the fact that he's been around the NFL game a little bit, he's going to kind of, he's not going to be kind of swimming quite as much as some of these other guys. So you might be able to get some sneaky year one production here if things break his way just a little bit, and he finds a way into that that top three wide receivers uh, for the Rams this year.
2: When I was doing a lot of my my mock drafts on Twitter for all the fantasy relevant players, one of the ones that I most commonly had was Van Jefferson going three hundred one to the Cincinnati Bengals, and part of that reasoning was Zach Taylor coached him up at the Senior Bowl. Well, they obviously took a wide receiver in T Higgins at two hundred one. Which probably meant, and I have not heard this reported anywhere, so don't quote me, but we know that Zach Taylor is from the Sean McVay coaching tree. I have no doubts that they had conversations about Van Jefferson and how much, uh, how talented he was, how good he looked at the Senior Bowl. Uh, My guess is there was a lot going on there behind the scenes that helped motivate get getting Van Jefferson to the Rams. And I do think it's a very good fit stylistically for what they like to do. Very similar type players to cup and woods. I, I really, really love the player. Uh, I had him as high. I'm trying to remember how high I had him. I had him at like wide receiver ten, I think, uh, pre-draft, and uh, everybody kind of kept, you know, raising an eyebrow at how high that was. And you know, it it, it, it's looking pretty good now. We'll see how that ends up shaking out. You know, just because a team takes him somewhere doesn't mean they end up producing. But uh, but it looks like the the Rams are on board with Van Jefferson being a legit NFL wide receiver.
0: We said it before, he went ahead of Denzel Mims as well in the NFL draft. So he was actually drafted higher than Denzel Mims. Good opportunity, good landing spot, and a true dynasty wide receiver where you just might need a little bit of patience for. And he's somebody you probably want to put a little notation down next to where as next year's draft class draws sooner in this offseason and it starts to build the hype that it's going to probably well-deserved as well. This Next year's class could be just as highly touted as this class. And – possibly just as deep van jefferson might not produce enough in year one by the time we get to that point in february enough time will pass where you might be able to get van jefferson back on your roster for a second round pick right maybe a late second round pick because this draft class is so hyped like hey i'll give you a second for van jefferson and you took him here right around 16 17 and he's more in line for that production for a 21, 20, 21 second or a player just because simply for the fact that he didn't produce. I mean, look at Nikhil Harry for Keneal Harry, you know, who was a first-round pick last year. You can now get him for what you paid for and pennies on a dollar. Just because of one year, he didn't produce for the first year. I mean, it's a very fickle thing here in the NFL in Dynasty Fantasy Football players. People are just ready to give up on players immediately. And Van Jefferson to be one of those players that I have circled on my board as a nice target this offseason, or even maybe later down the year when somebody's making a fantasy football push and they need that older veteran to produce right away. And I'm like, oh, well, I'll give you... Hey, I'll give you Emmanuel Sanders. You give me Van Jefferson. And Van Jefferson... Meanwhile, like Manny Sanders is like a wide receiver too. Van Jefferson's wide receiver 58. You know what I mean? So he's one of those players that I'm targeting later this year or sometime next offseason. If I don't get him in my rookie draft, which I do have multiple
1: shares of him already. And one more little note. Um, I just wanted to quickly look up the Robert Woods contract. So Robert Woods actually has a year, you know, he's got 2020 and 2021, but in 2021 he's got a cap hit of like a little over 9 million, but only like a little over a million of dead, uh, dead cap. So they could very easily get out from underneath that contract as well. So, you know, it looks like there's two avenues between the Cooper cup, uh, and Robert Woods where Van Jefferson can find his way into a starting lineup within the next year. Yeah,
0: man, I saw that too, his contract as well. But I was like, you
1: know what? I was like, not,
0: his cap hits right around nine, you know, $10 million. Cooper Cups probably gonna get right around $14, $15 million on the open market if he produces again like he did last year. It's like, okay, like $10 million for a Robert Woods is really good value for the Rams. So that's why, again, I would see them keeping Robert Woods and not extending Cooper Cup. But you never know because if the cap... You know, it's, it's
1: flexible. It's flexible. They, I mean, and plus, they're taking their lumps this year. You know what I mean? They're they're taking their lumps on the, the Todd Gurley trade. All that stuff's going to be on this year's cap. It was I mean, it was, uh, what's his name? Uh, Clay Matthews as well had a, had a pretty big number. And somebody else. I can't, I can't even remember who the other person is. But I think they're going to be in a much better cap situation come next year than they are this year. So it, it it might it might work itself out where all three of these guys are on the roster and it's still it still might be okay for Van Jefferson cuz Robert Woods is 28 now. I think I think uh Cup is either 27 or 28. 27. Yeah, so these guys are Yeah, he's 27, will turn 28. Yeah, both all, both of those guys ahead of him are are getting up there a little bit where they they could end up being just cap casualties on age alone if if their production slips even just a little bit. So We'll see. I, I like Van Jefferson a lot as, as a prospect, and I like the landing spot too.
0: Let's move on to our number 18th overall player, and that's going to be Zach Moss of the Buffalo Bills. Picked in the third round, uh, 22nd pick in the third round, 86 overall out of Utah, five foot nine, two 223 pounds. Remember, he ran at 4.65 at the 40, but he also had that video of his uh, pro day where he ran at 4.52, his own personal pro day. And this is somebody we've said before, like that likely hashtag 2-3-year runner window runner and he does he does everything really well kind of like we talk about Keyshawn Vaughn for a guy of his size I mean this is somebody who's got a nice spin move good vision good agility and when you're talking about somebody who could force missed tackles nobody really did it better than a guy like Zach Moss at Utah he forced 89 missed tackles there and remember Utah was on the map and Zach Moss had a big big reason for having his hand in there I like Zach Moss I think he's a bigger devin singletary and there's a if you ask the dynasty community right now they're split a lot of people think that you know half of them think zach moss is gonna be a complimentary back to devin singletary and then another half thinks devin singletary is going to be a complimentary back to zach moss it just kind of depends on where you lie i think zach moss will be the guy there in buffalo and devin singletary Will be the complimentary running back. I, I don't know about you guys, but I think this is a good fit. I think it's good value for a guy of upside here. I know he's probably going to split carries, but tons of running backs in the NFL are a duo. You know, Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler last year were a duo, and that did not slow down either of those guys from high fantasy football production. Definitely having a guy like Josh Allen who could run the ball and open things up for you as well. With a lot of play action, too. I think Zach Moss, I've got him as low as into the third round of Superflex mocks. So he's a very intriguing player. A lot of people where Keyshawn Vaughn's going much higher than Zach Moss, there's some very good potential value here at running back. Because once we get past that top tier, it's kind of like pick your poison. Where do you guys come out on Zach Moss? And do you think he'll be the complement to Devin Singletary? Or Devin Singletary be the complement to Zach Moss? Yeah,
1: so that is the million-dollar question, I guess, here. But, you know, at the back end of the – or the middle of the second round, maybe it's like the the $500,000 question or something like that. It's starting to lose <laughs> a little bit of its luster. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, obviously, Zach Moss, in my eyes, he profiles more so as a first- and second-down thumper where Devin Singletary will come in and, and catch more passes. Which one is more fantasy relevance, it's going to be boiling down to – how many opportunities both these guys are getting so I, I i mean your guess is as good as mine obviously zach moss is going to be a much more productive guy on goal line situations i'm sure he'll be taking those over and short yardage situations as well so yeah. i i guess that speaks more to Devin uh Devin singletary being the complimentary guy you know if you follow my logic and and Zach Moss being the the first and second down guy, and 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 Devin Singletary coming in and catching some passes, being the kind of lightning in a bottle type of guy, and and more of a big play threat, while while Zach Moss is more of the grinder. But I mean, Zach Moss does some good things. I I, I like his I like his contact balance. I like the fact that he you know he wants to take guy, defenders on and punish defenders. So I like all that stuff, but it does lend to a guy being more of a short window type of guy. So definitely keep that in mind. And that's, that's why he is in this range, you know, that's why he's available in, in the middle of the second round. And like you said, sometimes it, into the third round, I mean, it, depending on what kind of league structure you have.
0: Man, he also brings, we can't forget too. He brings really good receiving ability to his game as well. I mean, this is a guy who did catch 80 per 6% of his targets. So, could be a, he could turn out to be that nice dump-off pass catcher to, for Josh Allen out there as Dawson Knox develops and the rest of the receiving corps with Stephon Diggs and John Brown. So he, he does bring that attribute as well where he could be that PPR running back. And it's just about how many times and how many snaps he can get. That's the biggest question mark right now with Zach Moss because, let's face it, if Devin Singletary wasn't there, Zach Moss would not be at 18 right now. He'd be drafted much higher. What what's what do you think, Garrett?
2: So when it comes to Zach Moss, it's kind of similar to what we were talking about with T. Higgins. Like, do you want the safe player or do you want the upside player? To me, Zach Moss is the safe player in this range. Uh, I've actually been working on statting out these players for 2020, and Buffalo is one of the teams that I've done so far. Um, And and kind of as I was trying to work through how some of the receptions, how some of the uh, ground game would work, I had, uh, and so I guess it depends on how you classify, compliment or not. Uh, I had Zach Moss with more rushes in the rushing game, uh, but I had Devin Singletary with more total touches because of the receiving game. And so what I think you're going to get is something similar to, uh, now granted, this is poor man's version, uh, but is Devin Singletary being more of in that Alvin Kamara kind of role and Zach Moss being more in that Mark Ingram Latavius Murray role? I think that's kind of what we're looking at when we look at these players. And so, you know, I I could easily see Zach Moss uh, while Devin Singletary is there getting, you know, 800 yards, five touchdowns, uh, and then used a little bit here and there in the receiving game, but probably not more than 20%. 20 receptions. Um, so I think he's going to be kind of limited in that because I do think that'll be mostly Devin Singletary's job. Uh, we saw that last year while Frank Gore was there, that was kind of the role Devin Singletary played. And I think that's what he's best suited to, uh, with his size and whatnot as well. So, um, but he's a very safe player, you know, you're, you're going to get the touches on the ground. You'll probably get the touches on the goal line. Uh, he just doesn't have some of the explosion, uh, potential that some of the other running backs right behind him might have so it's a it's kind of a pick your poison kind of thing
0: yeah so zach moss you're getting here in the middle of the second round dead center is where we're going to end it at pick number 18 because we're gonna pick up at pick 19 overall and finally see some of these quarterbacks go off the board in the nerd hurt episode zach moss a good player here in the middle Uh, one of the the one of the probably sure thing running backs. We have some more running backs here in the next episode to talk about as well. If you want to tune into the episode, all you got to do is just join the Nerd Herd. For the price of a cup of coffee a month, you get our exclusive rankings, the bonus podcast, our tools like the film room, the nerd score, the buy-sell tool. So many options there in the Nerd Herd to help you dominate your dynasty fantasy football league with so many more to come this summer Uh, i got some stuff that we're working on that's going to be so exciting for you guys this summer to truly help take your dynasty team to the next level don't miss out on a great opportunity to join the nerd her today and of course check out our youtube show if you if you like this show you can go look at our ugly faces and go look at us on youtube we're doing a whole another dynasty show out there with special guests like matt waldman Danny Kelly and Evan Silva so far. So make sure you check out that subscribe and like the YouTube channel as well. Check out Dynastynerds.com every single day with so much content out there. And of course, if you want to talk on Twitter, you can find me at dynasty rich.
1: I'm at dynasty Matt and I'm at dynasty price.
0: And of course you follow the site at dynasty nerds. We'll be back next week. Picking up with our, what guys are our, our, our third round essentially of players here. Yeah, basically Absolutely. number 25 overall. Still some good talent there, guys. Very good talent. Can't wait to get to talk about number 19 here next. Talk to you guys next week.
1: Adios.